There we go. We in? We are going. We're going. Rob, we're recording another episode of Ruminate, and this has been actually I the the, the actual episode is the tail end of what is Rob being a very very patient individual and listening to me. He's my, he's like my therapist actually he's yeah, this it's a pretty much therapy sessions aren't they <laughs> yes 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 i've had i've had uh i've had a, a very good time the last several weeks but a very busy time and i'm kind of uh it's been busy and i'm a little little uh i don't know i guess you could say just tired and and needing to take a break so i i was unloading some frustrations on rob before we got going but i'm, I'm going to keep that off the show because i am a professional podcaster i suppose as well yeah i think you are i i'm a video streamer now too rob did you did you hear wow. did you hear the news that i am now like streaming i have and i think i have i think we've got like 24 maybe even 25 followers yeah, no. Not only did I hear about it, I saw it. Uh, I, I saw yes. you streaming. You're there. I'm sitting in that same uh, chair. Is, that same chair. I've been yeah, here the, most of the day. There was some kind of some kind of iPad man. I think that was. Yeah, uh... they called him iPad man. <laughs> I could tell that at the end of that, Federico was kind of losing it. Like he was. He he went from writing his iOS and iPadOS review to immediately turning around and writing a review of the new iPad Mini, which. Honestly, I don't know how he did it because it, last weekend was so intense for us just kind of finalizing that review. And, you know, he's doing all the writing. Uh, I'm doing all the ebook creation and coordinating a whole bunch of other little bits and bobs that go along with the whole thing, uh, as well as editing it and doing a bunch of other things. So it was, you know, it had been the tail end of a very long number of days. And he had to turn around and then write a hardware review, and I was it's pretty impressive that he that he was able to do that. But that's out too. We did a little live stream on Twitch for our Club Max Stories members about it, which was fun. I mean, we had never done that before. That's the first time for us. So maybe we're you know we're pushing into video. I'm, I don't know if I have the face for video, Rob. I but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it anyway. I don't know. No, no, come on now. You look very handsome. Oh, thank you. Know, you in, thank in, your, you. in your streaming studio. My streaming studio, which is also known as Finn's bedroom. <laughs> Finn, <laughs> Finn, who no longer lives with us, uh, he's he's also part of the, the Mac Stories special projects team and wrote a bunch of Obsidian plugins and other stuff for us this fall. But uh, I'm sitting in his bedroom mainly because it's a place I can go with the door shut compared to my, my abandoned basement uh, office. Which I had, it got flooded. Of course, we we talked about that before, and it has now been taken over by my youngest son's uh, Windows Gaming Studio. So he's down there, he's down there playing games. Where when we go to bed at night, he can play games until the early morning hours, and not either, both not disturb us, and not, for us not to know. So he can be up all night if he wants to playing video games with his <laughs> friends, playing Call of Duty and stuff like that. So I have. Since my uh, my usual place where I write is kind of an open area in the house, I have this bedroom where I can shut the door and actually record. So that's that's where I am today. Uh, although I'm home alone, Rob, I'm home all by myself because school started back up, and my family is off. My w- wife is working, and my youngest son is in school, and uh, so I'm here all by myself. Well, there you go. You got the, got the whole house to yourself, I and do. we get to record this. I know. Um, I'm, I know. I'm, 
And I can tell you that uh, I'm a Mac developer now. I think I can say that. You right? are. You okay. are. You did. You did a. You did an app that was featured in a Club Mac Stories newsletter because I think it's a great utility. Why don't you explain what it does? Yeah. So it it it, it just it. Uh, well, what does it do? I mean, it it listens for um, any clipboard changes looks for URLs, and then strips out all the marketing nonsense from the end of the URLs, which is great. Yes, yes. It takes off the the um, the tracking parameters, basically. All the stuff after the question mark, <laughs> right? I mean... Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, it, it uses a specific list of, like, known parameters, because there are, there's there are some, some that websites you, that... Right, there's some parameters that you want, right? Exactly. I mean, I know that... Um, like I think like the default install of WordPress, probably not now, but previously used to have just a question mark with an ID. Um, Hacker News is another good example where they just have an ID of, as, a, as a parameter. So like, right. um, and, and this wasn't necessarily about cleaning up URLs because it doesn't matter if the URL is short or long. It's really of no <laughs> consequence to me. Um, but when I was doing my wiki that we spoke about a few weeks ago, um, I was copying a lot of links. You know, I wrote some scripts to like grab all the links from Safari and stuff like that. Uh I was ending up with these links that had like, you know, UTM content or, you know, source referrer, that kind of thing. And that's fine. You know, whatever you click those and, you know, whoever's tracking it can see where it's come from or whatever. But I don't really need those in, in somewhere that I'm saving those link links in like a more permanent fashion. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I I spent some time, like, I originally wrote it in Electron, um, just because I could sort of throw that together fairly quickly. I think the original version took me, like, an hour uh-huh. um, in Electron, because that's, that's what I'm familiar with. You know, I, I write JavaScript every day anyway. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I was hitting some problems with it, just sort of memory leak issues, because the way it had to listen to a keyboard, because there's no real native way to do it. Oh, um, interesting. So I think... You know, once it gets down to the sort of the, the JavaScript Electron level, I was getting a lot of memory leaks. It was just, you know, the the RAM usage was just getting higher and higher. Sounds um, sounds, you know, uh, <laughs> sounds like Electron, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, um, you know, and I, I did. I looked into the clipboard code, and I could kind of see why it was happening, but I couldn't. I didn't really know how to fix it. Right. Um, so I thought, okay, well, this is like this is my base. You know, this is just like my my prototype. Yep. And then. I went over to Xcode and started doing it from there. I mean, this was way harder because I've never really written any Swift. Um, I've not done any iOS or Mac development before. So a lot of it is sort of just bodged together from tutorials online and stuff like that. Um, And at one point I had it, it was basically calling out to the JavaScript, like just the bit that changes the URL. So I was sort of... Essentially, I took my prototype and I built tiny pieces of it at a time, and eventually, I'd sort of replaced the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I just sort of I stuck it up on GitHub, um, you know, because it was mostly for me to be honest. Like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, if other people want to use it, that's great. But like, it was specifically for me. And then, as you say, it was in Mac Stories, and then Merlin Mann said some very nice things about it as well. Um, you know, so it's had a few hundred downloads at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really handy because I'll, I'll tell you, like when I, whenever I write on Mac stories, I take all those UTM and source and refer 
parameters out of URLs because they just look messy. If people hover over the link and they see all that stuff, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people who are very sensitive to that too, because it, it's not that it's tracking you. I mean, it's all it's really doing is reporting the source of the link more than anything else. Right. And I mean, we have advertisers who do that at Mac stories. I mean, we let them put search, you know, put those parameters UTM parameters on their links because that lets them know that they're coming from Mac stories and that they're actually selling something based on the ads they do. But it's not like something that allows them to track people across the web. Those are two very different things and it's why we're okay with it. But if I'm linking something and I pull, this is very typical on Twitter. You see it a lot, especially with big media companies. You know, I'll pick on like Vox Media or something. You know, you see a Verge link or something in a tweet. And very often it has, it'll have those parameters on it, basically so they know that you found your way to their story from Twitter, as opposed to you found it from Facebook, or you found it from, you know, an email newsletter or whatever it happens to be. And that's how they decide where to spend their marketing money and all that kind of thing. But I, you know, I, I don't like all that junk on the end of a, of a URL. And I think a lot of people don't know how to get rid of it or what part of it is important and what's not. I mean, the easy thing to do is just to delete it and then try reading, reloading the page without it and see what happens. But it's pretty straightforward. And, but, but having a tool to do it is, a, is, a, is nice because then you don't have to think about it. I mean, you copy the link, it, the, you know, the app sees the link, takes it from the, the clipboard and extracts that part that's, that you don't need and, and leaves only the part you need on the clipboard. So that's, that's really handy. I mean, it's, and it's nice. And I even had, you know, I, I, you paid the price. I had a feature request. I wanted, I wanted a global hotkey, which, <laughs> which increased the, uh, the size of your app exponentially because you went from a menu bar app to have, you had a, you had to add a window. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'd already, I'd had a little bit of a meltdown doing my about window. I remember um, seeing that on Twitter previously. Um, and, and of course, I, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure we haven't spoken about this, but like I spent all this time working out how to make a window and all of this <laughs> kind of thing. And like Apple's documentation is some of it's really good and some of it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, and then I'd kind of finished this custom about window and then found out that there's just a method I can call, which will just open an about window and it reads the version and the name and shows the icon and all of that. Does it all pretty much automatically, right? <laughs> right. And you can even, um, you can just make a rich text format document and call it credits and it just renders that in the about window um so it's <laughs> <Nice>. like <laughs> i was like okay this was way easier than the three hours i just spent trying to make this work in a custom window right right um and then of course you know you said rob come on get on with it i need a i need a hockey uh, <laughs> so <laughs> i um you know i started digging into it and i actually found a couple of i started digging into it and i found a couple of libraries um, Oh, okay that, that basically did that. Um, there's like a um, a really nice preferences library, and you basically just give it sort of the tabs and the Swift UI views, mm -hmm. and it um, renders everything, and it's got hooks in, so you can just call certain things, and it stores those. I think that's um, very to... new, that library. Yeah, I think it is. I, I don't... It, it didn't seem like it was sort of... Um, you know, it didn't have like hundreds of thousands of downloads. I think all of these libraries were fairly new yeah. from this guy. Um. But the, the, the preferences one is kind of great because you basically don't have to do anything except point it at a Swift UI view, and then I could just add the things I needed. Oh, nice. Um, and, and then he's got a global hotkey 
library, which made it really easy to do that. And then I've got, um, you know, launch on login as well was something I wanted. Um, and I, I'm working on some other stuff for it, but it's not going particularly well because I don't really know what I'm doing, yeah. if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, launch at login is a good one, especially for a menu bar app to have that as an option. And the global hotkey I wanted because I used that loop deck live and I wanted to be able to associate it with a button that I could turn it on and off because since I do do the advertising at Mac stories, I do have to deal with those UTM links and I don't want them to be stripped sometimes <laughs> like when we're putting them on our site. So yeah, I do need to turn it off once in a while, but, but yeah, that's uh, I don't know if that's uh uh, I don't know if that's inconsistent of me to hate to to not like parameters, but use parameters too. I suppose you know, it's just the well, way of the I world. I mean, I think I think to what you said though, it's like okay, so somebody posts one on Twitter and it has you know UTM source Twitter for example, right? Okay, fair enough. Like you know, I've clicked that from Twitter, but then if I copy that and then I send it to you, well, or you haven't found that through twitter anyway yeah, so like, and point. i know that sort of i know the chain of it has but like you, like you say if you're putting that in an article or something like that well the source is mac stories at that point it's not right it's not twitter anymore so it's like it does make sense to remove them but as you say they're also legitimate uses for these links like it, it's um and, and as you say it's not actual tracking like tracking kind of implies something a bit more nefarious maybe yeah, the name is not it, it's the greatest anal- but you I, I know think whatever it is analytics right i mean i don't exactly i don't think anybody would be critical of for instance we track how many people click on the mac stories website right but we'd have no idea who those people are i mean it's just counting clicks basically and that i think is a whole different world from tracking people across different websites and that sort of thing and and tying it all together with personally identifiable information which we do not do and which um, some sites do so you know unfortunately i think this stuff is very complicated and a lot of people don't understand it super well because for instance i know when this is like a whole now we're going to talk about like security and gdpr and everything rob i think we're going to go right down a rabbit hole but when uh, the hey email app came out and it was tracking uh it was it was alerting people when there were tracking pixels in emails, we got a ton of email from people about the Mac Stories newsletter. And the thing is, is that we don't track in those newsletters. We do, we do though, uh, we do have one analytic, which is whether someone actually opens the email. And the only reason uh-huh. we do that is so that we know whether we're doing a good job, basically. Like, do people still like our newsletter? You know, so we have, we know whether that's trending up or down. And there's a lot more invasive things you can do with MailChimp and a whole bunch of other services with email. We don't do any of those, but the problem is, is like when you have apps that alert people to that, they're not always good about explaining what the nuances are between one type of analytical numbers collecting and actual tracking, identifying and tying information back to people. So you know, this is a world that I straddle. I really wish I wasn't in the advertising world, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of advertising in a lot of ways. But if people want to continue to read Mac stories, it's going to have to have advertising. <laughs> it's one of the main ways we we earn our living. So it'll. It's, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. No, I mean, to be honest, this conversation has made me think I'm going to add a little bit more information to the 
um, to the Mac app page just because I, I the name is not great. But you know what? Naming things is really hard, and I it didn't is. care because I just didn't think anyone else was going to see it for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I certainly wasn't expecting more than about five people to install it. Where you know, here we are, like nearly four hundred downloads or something. Right. So, um, and I, know, I, 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 I might add a bit more of a disclaimer as you know, just because, like you said, I don't want it to seem like I'm like against advertising. Cause you know what? Yeah, companies have to sponsor, right. as you say, it pays for websites and. You know things like that, so it's it's not inherently bad. No, there's good ways to do it and bad ways to do it, and I like to think that we do it the good way. But you know, people, reasonable people, can differ on those things. Um, I think we do do it the right way. But it, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's. Um, I don't think users should have to think about it, but unfortunately, they're put in the position of having to think about it more often than not because there are sites that are very invasive in the way that they track you and people, I don't think people should be tracked that way. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of the tools that Apple has produced are good. I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all. I mean, I know for instance, over the years with some of the things Apple has implemented with, and, and that are coming with email and that kind of thing, the new features of the mail client that our analytics numbers are not as accurate as they used to be. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I just assume that, we have advertisers who advertise with us. They advertise, they, uh, and then afterwards they say, oh, we had a spike in sales. I guess that worked. I, I wish it wasn't like to the degree, you know, the problem is that it's gotten to the degree with a lot of sites where it's like, well, we know that if we spend $1, we'll get it, we, we need to get a return of at least a dollar and six cents. And it gets down to like splitting those hairs in a way that I think is a little bit counterproductive and probably having something that's more of a, a blunt analytical tool is probably better for everybody. Um, and you know, (laughs) advertising is something that we actively try to minimize in terms of our revenue because it is a very up and down industry and very fickle and change, you know, the, the economics, one of the things when there's an economic downturn, the first thing to go is advertising and it's, if you live and die on advertising, it's pretty rough. I mean, that's why a lot of online media has had such a tough time in the last several years. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that, that conversation, I think, took a bit more of a, a serious turn than we're used to for this it podcast. Did. It did. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I think about this stuff all the time because I am a regular user who also doesn't like to be tracked. And I'm very careful, like... Uh, Federico and I talk about this stuff all the time because we really don't want, we want to be really careful about what we track with people. And we, uh-huh. we don't like, for instance, when we did all this club stuff, we store no personal information of anybody. It's all like, right. you know, it, it's all done in a way that cannot be tied back to people. And that's the way we want it. We want it to be as we want people to, you know, uh, protect their their information. We don't need it, so we don't want to keep it, and so we don't have any of that stuff. But it is it's an important issue, I think. And I I know even if users don't think about it a lot, I think it's important for like people like me who's involved in in dealing with advertising and running a website to think about it because there. I think the best thing to do is to try to find a way to have a sustainable business that is not completely beholden to advertisers because. You know, it has it has a negative negative impact sometimes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't solved advertising, Rob. 
Uh, oh. I, I, oh, okay. So I know what we're doing. Today. I haven't okay. I haven't solved the problems <laughs> of the media industry yet, but I am. Uh, we're fortunate enough that we're small and can kind of do this stuff in a way where where we don't have to be tied to you know clickbaity stuff and having lots of you know punch the monkey ads. I don't know if people remember the punch the monkey ads. Do you remember the punch the monkey ads, Rob? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. That's a nineties yeah. thing. I mean that's that's like a nineties thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think there's probably a lot of people that do not remember or know those I... because they sort of they died out pretty quickly. <laughs> they did. I kinda wish we still had them. They're kinda quaint. You used to have banner ads that were like the whole come on was you had there was a monkey that would move around in the banner ad and if you clicked really fast on the monkey, you'd punch the monkey and supposedly you'd win something, but it was all just clickbait, basically. Oh yeah, I mean it was truly clickbait. Oh, it was you were literally clicking. You were being baited into clicking that banner. <laughs> the whole object of it was to punch a monkey in the face, which I don't know. It seems doesn't seem like a good thing to do. I mean, why why would someone want to punch a monkey? I don't want to punch a monkey. Well, but... exactly. I remember one that was like an archery thing with like bullseyes and yeah. All they wanted you to do was click those banners so that you click through to you know whatever random website they were trying to advertise. Right, and it's because I think back then too the that that kind of advertising wasn't super sophisticated. So every time somebody clicked, somebody paid. And so if you you know if you really wanted to punish someone, you could just go there and click on their ad over and over and over again, but do nothing, and that would cost them a lot of money. I mean, but it's not you know it's not quite that simple these days. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So, uh, what well, should we talk about? Something a bit more. Uh... To cut slightly less serious. Oh uh, yeah, we should. Uh, I don't even know how we got down that. I, I, it's just one of those days, Rob. It's been a long week, and I've been thinking about <laughs> yeah. serious topics a lot. I think you probably need to talk to more people than <laughs> I do. I do, Rob. I got a Roomba. I got a Roomba. Yeah. What should I call that. it? Should I call it Rob the Roomba? I don't know. What you I can do. if you want. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh... put googly eye, put googly eyes on it and, and name it Rob. I don't know. It, uh, I, I'll send you a little cardboard cutout of my face. I'll speak to Mike and Stephen. Where did they get those big cutouts of their faces I don't from? know where they got those. That, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I got a Roomba, and it's it's pretty. It's 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 a magical little device. I don't know. It's cleaning my house, and I'm not doing anything, and that's that's a win as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, it actually made its way into the couch and came out again alive and didn't get stuck. And I know, nice. I know, you know, I know my vacuum cleaner. I couldn't get it all the way under the couch, so that's good. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's some. This is the kind of thing that's like, you know, the the new house that we're moving into has uh-huh. a lot more uh, sort of downstairs floor space, and it'll all be one continuous floor when we finished everything. So we're right. definitely getting a Roomba as soon as we can. See, I, I know I'm very late to this game. I know that this is like the, the the marvel that is the Roomba is not new to a lot of people, but. It is new to me. I don't know why I never did it. And I was always very skeptical that I could navigate very well around all the like chair legs around the kitchen table and that kind of thing. It does pretty well. It's doing remarkably well. I've only been running it for a couple of days, but you know, I'm still in that novelty phase where it's like, oh, I'm going out for a sandwich for lunch. I'm going to turn on the Roomba and see what it does while I'm gone. <laughs> and you know, I come back and it's just finishing up and uh, it, our whole first floor is kind of open, which is nice, and it it takes its time. Sometimes it has to go back and get a little more juice, sit on its dock for a little bit, charge <laughs> up a little bit, and then it continues. I've got it set up to do it at night from like 11 o'clock p.m. till 4 in the morning, so I'll see how that works. 
how well it handles finding its way around in the dark. Mm-hmm. But okay, it's got a camera. Well, I'll be uh, you know once I finally get to it, I will I'll message you and find out what what model number you've got and all of this and yeah, um, you know, like you say, it, it might be like you know it's old technology at this point. It's been around a long time, right. but like it doesn't make it any less exciting for you if you've never had one before. Yeah, I think the new thing about the model that I got, which is called the J Seven, it has some AI built into it because you know everything now should have machine learning and AI. And its little camera can recognize two things really well. Cords, so it doesn't, you know, like get hung up on power cords or whatever. And uh, dog poop. And Okay. So it's got a dog poop cam. It does. And it can rec it's got it's got a, it's used machine learning to recognize all the different, you know, shapes that are typical. And what I what I learned in researching this <laughs> is that one problem that Roomba people ha- owners have who also have pets is that historically they would sometimes just kind of spread that around all over the house. Which sounds yeah, I've seen a video of that. I don't you don't nobody needs that. <laughs> which which sounds pretty awful to me. And yeah. we do not have pets, so that that was not an issue for us. But it's good to know that now they've got some machine learning applied to a very, you know, normal problem that people might have in their homes. So, yeah, it's doing really well. It maps out, uses Wi-Fi to kind of map out your house. And it's kind of neat to look at the map because you can see, oh, that's the couch, this big blank area in the middle of, you know, one room. And that's the chair over there and that kind of thing. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, even if it's not perfect, it's better than... You know, doing it, it'll it'll requ- require us to do it ourselves a lot less often. I think. Nice, yeah. I, I'm, I, it's the kind of thing that, like, I'm sure I'll be very bored of it after a week. Yes. You know, once I've got Me it, too. and I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's just a vacuum. Like that's not interesting at all. <laughs> no, um, but you know, but you. I mean, it's still cool. Like, I I want a machine that's going to do a vacuuming for me so that I don't have to. It sounds great. Yeah, no doubt. And and they have the ones that um that will then cl- they'll empty themselves into a little docking station. I did not go that route because that was oh, a much bigger I'm docking station. <laughs> definitely getting that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it can hold a couple of months worth of dirt, supposedly. Oh my! Yeah, so it goes back to its little dock, right, to recharge. And mm-hmm. then it's the the dock actually sucks the dirt out of the Roomba into a little container, and then you can dispose of it that way. And those, though, I'll tell you, that'll cost you an extra couple hundred dollars, couple hundred pounds, probably. But it, I mean, it's good if you don't want to have to empty it as often. I will probably have to empty mine pretty frequently. I would think maybe once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Um... Yeah, that's exciting. I like that. I like this kind of thing. Just, you know, it solves a little problem. It's Yeah, I'm sure it seems extravagant, but, you know. It does. It does. And But I don't know. I, I finally went there, and I'm, I'm pretty happy that I did it. Yeah, I mean, you've had a busy week. You deserve it. I, uh. Yes, I, I was doing the vacuuming on Saturday. I was like, you know what? Roomba time. There you go. Um, well... Th- Maybe we'll we'll save some of the some of the gaming stuff that we've got in our list maybe for next time because we've, we've we've actually gone a lot longer than I thought. I know you want to mention <laughs> you you've got to give me a chance to play Deathloop because I bought it, I downloaded it, and that's all I have to say about it right now. Other than the fact that I walked into the room while my son was playing it, I have not had a chance to actually try it myself. 
There we go. We'll, we'll save all the all the game stuff we've got there, but I will mention my amazing PlayStation Five controller plates. That oh I yeah, you for. should. These were like three pound. Yeah, I think three pound were... each or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason I wanted it is one of my controllers has a sticky uh, triangle button. Oh. Um, this is actually a forty one. It was replaced, and, and they just let me keep the forty one. Um, but it, it's kind of okay. It still works. But I had no way to differentiate the two because they were both identical. Oh right. Um, so and and I was only going to order one plate, and then I they were so cheap. I thought I'm just going to order two. So I've got a lovely purple and a very bright orange. It's way brighter than I thought it was going to be. Um, but these take like two minutes to install. Like they're really easy to install. I did, I, I assumed it would be way more difficult, but they're clearly designed to pop off. Um, I, I think probably like the side plates on the actual console, they've kind of designed everything to just so that when they do limited edition ones and stuff like that, they can just swap out these components right, fairly easily. Right. Yeah. No, they look fantastic. I saw the pictures and I really like them. I'm I, I need to pick some of those up myself. I've only got the one controller still, but yeah, it looks they're nice and they come in a whole variety of colors, as you said, and they're they're bright and colorful and. Easy to install, so definitely worth checking that out. I'll tell you, the Rob, the one thing that I'm a little disappointed about is I heard that WarioWare wasn't that great, and yeah, and I hesitated. I didn't buy it, um, and I was looking forward to it actually. So I don't know. I, I think I may just end up passing that one by because I've been busy. I didn't really have time to play it anyway. And when I saw that the reviews were kind of mediocre, I just thought, eh, Death Loop, other things, I'm just going to move on probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could always pick it up in a couple of years. I'm, you know, I'm sure it will at least go on sale a little bit if you decide you do want to play it. Right. But yeah, it's um, it this feels like a thing with Nintendo at the moment where everything's a little bit hit and miss. You know, the big stuff is fine. You know, it's good like Zelda and and the Mario's and stuff like that. Right. But then these other games are maybe not as good as they could be. Um, but uh, I don't know. But we will we'll save all the other game stuff for um, you know that we were discussing it and a couple of them you weren't even sure which what they were so I'll you know send you some links and you <laughs> can play some Death Loop. <laughs> yes, um, yes. it probably make more sense if we discuss things that we're both actually familiar with. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, we um, we should be recording in a couple of weeks, I imagine, unless unless anything major comes up. Yeah, works for me. Talk to you soon, I guess. Yeah. All right. Speak to you soon. Bye.